welcome back guys um what's been going on in my life i've been super busy quite honestly just living the living the life meetings meeting meetings you know just doing all the things i just got back from phoenix for work so that was fun uh living in the city of the sun it's always sunny there in Phoenix, so had a good time. Ate lots of good food and got to see a lot of cool people. And I taught a social media class, a couple of social media classes. And yeah, it was a good, good little week. And then I came home and literally got off the plane and went to a music showcase that Anthony had going on. So that was really fun and had a little night out. And then... Uh, yesterday we went to over the weekend we went to Waco so Waco's about an hour and 20 minutes from Austin um, depending on traffic it's a little bit longer but that was pretty fun honestly I thought Magnolia and the Chip and Joanna stuff was gonna be a lot more fun than it was and it was kind of just basic like if you shop at Target you can sh- that's Magnolia basically and for a fraction of the cost because they're selling vases there for way too much money and some basic couches and it's pretty but it's just come on like you're just you're paying for you know the the fame you're paying for the tv show but it's a cool it's cool it's i mean it's worth seeing i wouldn't plan a trip around going to waco to be quite honest luckily it's just a day trip for us so we drove up and drove back but um it was fun to see we went to a really cute brunch place and um just kind of explored a little bit and then we did stop at bucky's i went to bucky's for the first time so for those of you that aren't familiar with texas bucky's is a gas station convenience chain and so it's the world's largest gas station (laughs) and we didn't go to that one i don't believe i think there's a couple throughout texas but we went to one um and it's a it's a hoot in there that's just the staff are making barbecue there's a there's a um there's the bucky's mascots like a beaver or something i don't know and tons of food and just all sorts of shit you can literally buy anything there so that was fun it was nice to see and so we had a little waco trip and just kind of spent the day exploring exploring the silos so but that's pretty much all that's been going on with me and my life this next week i just We'll be home, and then um, the week after, I'll be um, in Dallas and Arlington, and then come back to Austin, and then I think I'm going to go home for a little bit, so back to Kansas, and yeah. For those of you guys that are watching on YouTube, you'll see my Kansas City Chiefs merch, and this episode is going to be all about the Kansas City Chiefs, Travis, Taylor, all the things, and... I do have to give a shout out to my amazing mother. She, I gave her the task of in her hometown finding me a Travis Kelsey jersey and she did secure the goods and it is being shipped. So I will have that before the Super Bowl. And so I thank her so much. She's the best and got to be representing. We're having a little watch party here at our place. And so it'll be fun. Uh, yeah. So let's just jump into the stories. We're back. We are back. 
Hey guys, welcome back to Gush, your weekly podcast where we dive deep into the top 10 stories of the week. I am your host, Tanner, and we are back with another solo episode, just me, just I, here to fill you guys in on everything that's been happening this week, and it's a doozy because it is Super Bowl week. So as we lead up to the Super Bowl, we've got lots going on in the sports sphere, And like I said before on previous episodes of the pod, I never believed in my wildest dreams that I would be talking about sports this much, but uh, here we are and I digress. So um, if you aren't here for Taylor and Travis, obviously you need to get help mentally, physically, spiritually, but um, (laughs) if you are not here for those, you can skip forward about five episodes or five stories because we are covering everything Kansas City Chiefs, Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey, and everything in between. So our first story, Taylor Swift, big post-game hug for Travis Kelsey as the Chiefs end up going to the Super Bowl. The Kansas City Chiefs just defeated the Baltimore Ravens 17-10 at M&T Bank Stadium and booked their ticket to the NFL's final showdown where they will play either, oh, well, this says they were going to play either the San Francisco 49ers or the Detroit Lions. Well, we know it is the 49ers. Um, So Taylor and Travis hugged it out on the field a sweet moment between the power couple taylor was super into the entire game cheering loudly after travis caught a touchdown in the first quarter and wringing her hands down the stretch wringing her hands down the stretch when baltimore looked like they might mount a late comeback happy ending for a team that's dominated the league in recent years it is Kansas City Chiefs' fourth Super Bowl appearance in the last five years, but their first since Taylor and Travis took over as the world's most famous couple. Ah, so I think all of us Swifties out here were absolutely dying as we watched Taylor actually go down on the field and embrace Travis and just give us a total inside look into you know, their relationship, you know, they've been pretty public with it, but still there's so many things that we haven't really got to see. And so this was something I think no one was really anticipating. No one thought that she would go down on the field, mostly for security reasons and everyone else, um, or in everything else. And so it was so great to actually see her just kind of like let her hair down and kind of give up everybody what they've been wanting but I also just think she's just authentically living her life in her relationship and it's such a breath of fresh air and I think anybody that loves Taylor is just so happy that she's been able to just enjoy this relationship and not have to really you know navigate it in such a private way like she did with her last and so this upcoming Sunday is going to be a doozy I mean we are gonna see Probably Taylor show up um, at the Super Bowl, which is actually leading us into our next story. Um, The Embassy of Japan answers whether Taylor Swift can fly from Tokyo to Vegas in time for the Super Bowl. The Embassy of Japan in Washington, D.C. joined the choir of voices addressing Taylor Swift's busy travel schedule. After the Kansas City Chiefs punched their ticket into the 2024 Super Bowl, people wondered whether Swift would be able to attend the February 11th game in Las Vegas after her February 10th um, era's tour stop in Tokyo to support the team and her tight end boyfriend, Travis Kelsey. The embassy leveraging Swift's album's titles, Speak Now, Fearless and Red in a statement, assured Swifties and NFL fans that the mastermind singer could comfortably make it to the game. So the embassy actually released an official statement, which I think is so, <laughs> so funny. I'm, I literally was dying. And I just think it is so funny how everyone is on board with 
the Taylor Travis sphere that's been created by these two. Everyone's just getting sucked in into the Tay Trav atmosphere and I'm absolutely loving it. I'm so here for it. And it's just so fun. Like I think all of us are just living vicariously through these two. They're just like I know I keep saying America's sweetheart but there's literally no nothing else. They're just like the hometown couple. Like it's just like any show we've ever watched I feel like I'm watching One Tree Hill again and this is like Lucas and Peyton. (laughs) It's like they're just, we're rooting for them. And so, and I just think it's so fun too that it's bringing so many people into the sports sphere. Like I said, do you think that in my whole life I thought I would be sitting here in a Kansas City Chiefs shirt and a Kansas Honey Producers hat because it was the only yellow thing I had, but Kansas themed nonetheless and just supporting you know, the Chiefs? No, absolutely not. I did not. But I'm here for it. You know what? We can pivot. Us Swifties, that's the difference between Swifties and sports fans, is we can pivot. So we're here. The Embassy of Japan is obviously looking out for Taylor, and so are we. Our next Taylor Travis story, why Travis Kelsey can't support Taylor Swift at the Grammys, all about his Super Bowl schedule. So the most prestigious event in music and sports is exactly one week apart, and the two of the biggest names in these respected fields, Taylor and Travis, are being recognized at each of them. The pop star is expected to attend the Grammys on Sunday, so that's actually tonight when I'm filming this, but this episode comes out Monday, so I'm so excited to see what happens. We, I, I don't, This isn't even a story, but I, we need to talk about how Taylor switched her Instagram profile picture to a black and white photo, and how we all think that that the Reputation TV is coming out tonight at the Grammys. And so sadly, this episode, I'm filming it before the Grammys. I don't have time um, to do it after. And so we will find out next week and we'll just gush all about the <laughs> the Grammys and the events that are happening. So she is expected to be at the Grammy Awards, um, but sadly, Travis is unable to. Um, it looks like... She is nominated for six Emmys. Emmys. Oh my god, I'm an idiot. Six Grammys. Um, let's see what it says. It doesn't really say why he can't come. Okay. Though Kelsey has shown support for Swift in the past, previously attending his, her successful Eras tour, the Kansas City Chiefs player has confirmed he won't be able to attend the Grammys amid his busy Super Bowl schedule. So it doesn't really dive deep into why he can't attend. I believe, I've heard kind of across the internet about how they're sequestered during the game. Somebody that's way more versed in sports can probably weigh in on this. But I believe they keep the team members together and they're not able to travel or go kind of outside of their hotel. Um, So sadly, he will not be at the Grammys. I think all of us would love to see them on the red carpet walking together, but we will not be getting that. But hopefully tonight we will be getting Taylor's version of Reputation. Our next story, Travis Kelsey once again. (laughs) Travis Kelsey's dad claims he didn't know Taylor Swift's name the first time he met her. I know this kid, quoted, he was quoted saying. So on Friday, Ed Kelsey appeared as a guest on 92.3's The Fan in Cleveland, where he opened up on his son's famous girlfriend. During his conversation, he recalled how his introduction to the pop star went. Um, He was quoted to say, when Travis has a lot of friends coming into town to the game, everyone meets at his house, although he's not there, Ed began. Taylor walks in with a security guy, and I look at her and I say to my girlfriend, oh my god, I know this kid, but I don't know what her name is. Jeez, you know, like a real idiot. 
And my girlfriend says, you don't know her? This is Taylor Swift, you idiot. (laughs) I just really envy the um, ignorant bliss that older people get to experience. Like, I know there probably will be one day where I don't care about pop culture or people in, you know, that are in this world. But it's just so crazy to think that someone can't look at Taylor Swift to know exactly who she is. And even the father of his, uh, of her boyfriend. So, but I thought it was hilarious. It's a total, um, just middle-aged person's move. And sadly, I'm quickly approaching that. So, uh, this will probably be too relatable in the future years. But, okay, let's jump into our next story. And this is the last story that is involving the Kansas City Chiefs, and um, this isn't really Taylor and Travis related, but I thought we could weigh in as we're getting a little bit more information. The deceased Kansas City Chiefs fans' early tex- toxicology indicates cocaine and fentanyl in their systems. So if you guys remember, I think we might have talked about it in the last episode. It could be the one before that. But we were weighing in about the three Chiefs fans who were found dead in the backyard of their friend's home and kind of just without any real probable cause and they weren't suspecting foul play but sources are indicating that um, early toxicology results from the investigation are suggesting traces of cocaine and fentanyl were found in the deceased systems a full toxicology report has yet to be released but for now we're told that those substances um these are the substances that cops have detected early on and that there may be others that surface when the official results come out so we still don't have um exactly specific information about what's happening but it does seem that there is drug related um drug related issues as far as the toxicology report is starting to suggest and so um as we kind of see what happens and unfold we'll continue to report back but sadly um this is just the sad side of being a fan so we'll continue to follow that as it unfolds Okay, our next story. This is when we're going to jump into non-Taylor Swift and Travis-related news. Ariana Maddox hits the Broadway stage in Chicago, and some of her Vanderpump Rules friends were there to support. So Ariana Maddox just hit the Great White Way in a big way, making her Broadway debut in the revival of the legendary musical Chicago. The Vanderpump Rules star strolled out on stage at the Ambassador Theater in Manhattan Monday night, playing the role of sexy, blonde-haired Roxy Hart in the Tony Award-winning play. By all measures, Ariana's performance was a 10 on a scale of 10, receiving a standing ovation at the end of the show. I'm just so happy. Okay, so just a little backstory. I'm not really a big fan of Vanderpump Rules. I'm not really a big Bravo fan. I just can't keep up with all the shows. There's so many. But I will watch some of the clips on TikTok. I love seeing the Real Housewives clips on TikTok. So I kind of know a little bit about what's going on in the Bravo sphere, but I'm not an expert. So don't hold me to that. But obviously, all of us were following along with the Ariana, Ariana Grande, Ariana Maddox and Tom Sandoval drama because that really just hit the main stage and you couldn't really avoid it. But I'm just so happy to see someone come out of a scandal at the size and sort of the magnitude that was Scandoval and actually 
really just flourish on the other side between Dancing with the Stars and now obviously Broadway. And I know that she's doing some other things too. I've seen some really cool marketing strategies that she's been involved in with like campaigns. And she's just really taking something that was such a low point, I'm sure, in her life and just really turned it into a total business move. And she's just bossing through it. And I think it's really just... You don't see that often. You just see people get these scandals and they have their five minutes and then they don't really... Not that you have to capitalize on this, but honestly, if you're going to have so much trauma and be like drugged through all of your personal details in the media, you might as well get out of this with, you know, being (laughs) the lead in a Broadway show and getting some actual success from it. Not that Vanderpump Rules wasn't successful. It was, obviously. But this is just a whole nother level. So we are Team Ariana. We are here for her success. And it's just really nice to see somebody come out of a reality scandal on top. And she just seems like a genuinely good person. Again, I'm not a Vanderpump Rules fan. I don't really know that much about her. I've just seen kind of what's been portrayed in the media. So we all know that that comes with its bias. But Yeah, it just seems like she really has taken something ugly and made it beautiful. So we're here for it. And we love Chicago. So he had it coming. He had it coming. He only had himself to blame. If you'd have been there, if you'd have seen it, you would have done the same. You're welcome. So... Um, Our next story, Margot Robbie breaks her silence on Oscar snubs and saying Greta deserves a nod. Margot Robbie is finally speaking on the Oscar snubs heard around the world over Barbie. And while she's taking the high road for herself, she's going to bat for her director. The actress shared new remarks on the issue Tuesday night during a SAG-AFTRA panel after she was present and given the floor to air out her thoughts. It's interesting. Margot Robbie doesn't address her own snub for Best Actress, but she does explicitly defend Greta Gerwig. Margot says, Obviously, I think Greta should be nominated as a director because what she did is a once-in-a-career, once-in-a-lifetime thing, and and what she pulled off, it really is. But it's been an incredible year for all the films. She went on to say that she's beyond ecstatic that Barbie racked up as many nominations as it did, which was eight, but in the same breath noted she understood the disappointment from fans. Margot finished by saying, I just suspect it's bigger than us. It's bigger than this movie. It's bigger than our industry. Unclear what she means by that. Sounds like she's referring to politics within the Academy, though. The last thing Margot mentioned on this topic, we set out to do something that would shift culture, affect culture, just make some sort of impact, and it's already done that in some way, way more than we ever dreamed it would. And that is truly the biggest reward that could come out of all of this. So, I mean, I think we all know that Margot Robbie's just such a class act. She's not going to ever um, represent herself in a way that's not super classy and just poised and professional she's funny relatable but she still just knows what it takes to be just a high-end movie star you know she's very you can tell she's very highbrow but still very fun and relatable so I love that and I love how she approached this and nobody really likes I don't know anytime I hear a celebrity talking about like oh I didn't get this or blah 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 you just automatically are like okay like touch grass but she just does it in a way that's so elegant 
And by saying all those very complimentary things about Greta, she automatically is going to have people saying like, well, she deserves it too. So you automatically get that sort of recognition by recognizing what you think your castmates and your kind of team members in this deserve as well. So no, I think she's absolutely right. Like I said in past episodes, Barbie was an interesting phenomenon in the way that one, it did kind of take over the world, but it also had a lot of love and hate. I feel like people are afraid to say when they don't like it just because of how we navigate things in the media and we're kind of just cutthroat. If you don't love it, you're out. But, you know, I think... It's such a weird thing because I think it just all boils down to the, to the Academy. Okay. So these arbitrary, in my opinion, it's just arbitrary awards. These are just people. It's just a, a popularity contest, essentially. I mean, it's actors and producers and directors all voting on things that they think is good. And so it's just like any other award show there is going to be a subjectivity to it because it's voted on by people. So I don't know. I just, I think there really is no rubric when it comes to like, okay, well, was Barbie was a financial success. So is that what decides if something's good? Is it how many eyes see it? Is it the amount of tickets sold? Is it how many weeks it's at number one? I mean, there's not really any sort of rubric for this. There's no guidelines and there's no, it's, as far as I'm aware, it's just these movies. I don't even know who chooses the movies. Like, is it just nominated? I don't know how, honestly, I really don't know. So it got eight awards. I, that was kind of the same positioning I had last week was, yeah, she maybe didn't get voted best actress, but the film itself is recognized quite a bit director i do feel like that is kind of missing the mark because that movie whether you liked it or not it was such a well-made film it was such a cool film the sets i mean everything that goes into making a movie like that and then all of the nuance within like movie references and you know there's just so many details that i think once you break it down it is a really well-made movie but again i don't think that a film's success or or it's um how, how do I want to say that? I don't think a film's ability to sell tickets is necessarily what makes it a good film. So you could have a film that 10 people saw, but it could be a way better film, may a better production value. It could have, you know... It's, it's interesting. You're, you're asking for people to recognize something you made and you find a lot of emotion in, but maybe that just didn't hit the mark in that category for people. So I don't know. I think it's just one of those things that it really kind of makes you break down the award shows and like, okay, what is the purpose of this? And is it just kind of a friends voting on friends? And is it, uh, is it really important or is it just arbitrary our next story heidi klum reveals daughter found her sex closet and other intimate confessions so it looks like there was nothing under wraps from the former supermodel who was on alex alex cooper's call her daddy podcast where she decides to tell everyone from her type to the weirdest places she's ever had sex and even telling a story about her daughter finding her sex closet okay christian gray 
Klum's 19-year-old daughter, Lenny, phoned in during the show to share the story. She was quoted by saying, I did um, when I was younger, and I thought it was the coolest thing ever. I was going through it with my friends, and I was like, Mom, what is this? A microphone? I really had no idea what it was. My mom got so mad at me after, like, you can't go in my stuff. Um, And this was only the beginning of what she shared to Cooper. Look at how cool this is. My mom has a whole cupboard and she has a whole drawer. And I snuck them into my mom's room and opened the drawer and we were all taking videos, Lenny shared. When asked how she would describe her sex life in three words, the America Scott talent judge said, endless, hot, and wild. She even revealed that the wildest places she's ever done the deed, listing an airplane and in the water, noting that salt water is better and that she was in a private plane when she joined the Mile High Club. Sounds a lot more comfortable than 55A. That's a funny article. Um, well, I mean, we're, I'm a total Heidi Klum stan. I love her so much. I think she's just one of those people who, even though she's super famous and has gotten this level, level of celebrity, she just always remains so true to herself, and she's so funny. I am such a Project Runway stan. I literally watched every season. Uh, for a while when we moved to Texas, I literally watched it on repeat. It was just like season... I would watch like season six through season 18 just on repeat. And I was obsessed. It's so good. It's just like an easy show to watch. And she's great. I think she's awesome. And this doesn't surprise me at all that she is just still living her best life. So we're here for it, Heidi. Um... We love a mom, too, that can talk to their kids about sex, and it's not off-limits, and they're so afraid to be able to, you know, talk about these things. So, go you. Does everyone remember when she dressed up as that weird worm, though? Like, I was not here for that. That worm was honestly so creepy and weird. (laughs) So, talk about a strange little uh, costume. Okay, our next story, Apple's $3,500 Vision Pro hits the U.S. stores today. Here's what you need to know about the new mixed reality headset. Apple CEO Tim Cook arrived at the flagship Apple store in Manhattan for the launch and greeted early risers who were standing in line before the doors had opened. The Vision Pro is over five times as expensive as the rival MetaQuest 3, but Apple sold out pre-orders for the device. Um, 200,000 units were reserved. While the headset starts at nearly $3,500, customers can purchase upgrades like storage and $149 prescription inserts. Uh, With more than 600 new spatial experiences to explore in the all-new App Store, alongside more than 1 million compatible apps across iOS and iPadOS, users can discover a wide array of apps that expand the boundaries of what's possible. Users can watch movies and TV shows with Vision Pro, which displays a large screen that plays the content, and they can also play over 100 Apple Arcade games on a screen as large as they want. For work purposes, the headset can be used with a trackpad and keyboard to perform tasks that would use a traditional computer with multiple displays. Vision Pro can also play back memories in your living room, such as videos of your children or a fun party you attend. Uh, the Vision Pro is available with several different storage options, and the headset is ranging from $3,500 to $3,899 for one terabyte. Apple has also launched a travel case and a battery pack holder. So I'm on the fence about this. I've already been seeing TikToks of, 
users of the, the Vision Pro walking around the streets and just kind of did that, that, like it looks like they're rearranging. I'm picturing Iron Man, honestly. I'm picturing Robert Downing Jr. Robert Downing Jr. and Iron Man when he's like building things and he's just like has the little hologram and he's expanding and whatever. That's literally what I'm imagining. And a part of me is so here for it. It's so fun and interesting because it's the future. Like we're literally watching the future unravel in before our eyes. And so that in one way is really epic and cool. But then on the other side, I'm just, are we turning into Wally? We're all going to be in these floating chairs where we just float around and are stuffing our faces and all robots are doing everything for us. It just is a little frightening to think about the future as far as I even heard that the first human was implanted with the Neuralink, Elon Musk's, uh, you know, neurological tech company. And so it's just, it. we really are in the beginning. I believe we're in the beginning stages of the next evolution of humans. I think we are going to be the last generation if we are even those people. It could be our parents. The, it, I think either our parents or our generation will be the last generation that isn't equipped with some sort of technology built into us like i think we'll have some sort of chip something it's coming and so you know they talk about that a lot just how once i've just heard it a lot in the on the internet that once that is available to the mainstream public how if there is some sort of implant that makes your brain work faster quicker you know whatever if you don't have it, then you're going to be set back because you're going to be steps, so many steps behind the collective of people who have this. And so are you going to be able to get the same jobs, the same pay if you're not a higher processing speed? It's so weird to even think about because it just sounds so crazy. It just seems like a Black Mirror episode. But a part of me is really excited for what that means. But it can be a little... A little uneasy, I think, for a lot of people. So it'll be really interesting to see how this does. Obviously, they sold all those pre-orders, so that's really cool. I am just... I don't know. Will it... I always think, too, me and my friends have this conversation a lot about how the iPhone, how... Or just, let's say, the smartphone. Maybe not just the iPhone, but a smartphone, how it completely changed the world. It compl- it changed everything. And now everyone has one and you can't live without it. I mean, you obviously could live without it, but our society is now structured where it is almost impossible to function without one. And so what is the next thing? That's the conversation we always have is like, what is the next thing? What's the next thing that's going to be built that like you're not going to be able to live without? And I think people thought it would be like the watches. And it seems like you've seen like the tech glasses have always been kind of something that they've been trying to develop, but it's never just really hit the mainstream in a way that's captivating and all-encompassing with everyone. And so what is the next piece of technology? And I don't know. It seems like it could be something in this in this realm i'm thinking more of the Neuralink. um if you guys don't know much about that go look it up it's really fascinating but yeah there there will be a new form of technology and what will that replace and so will the iphone or you know, will smartphones be a thing forever or will the vision pro become so advanced in the next 20 30 years will you know it's big and bulky now but will it be 
a contact lens soon and then of course who wouldn't have that or will it be like i will be an eye thing like where you can get a new eyeball and it's already in there and it's all like wired in it's so crazy but i'm excited to see where the future goes so uh our next story elizabeth moss confirmed she's pregnant with her first child on jimmy kimmel live and she said it's been going really well so the 56 year old talk show host got quick to the point as his first question was are you pregnant or just an incredibly committed method actor as she responded a little bit of both as elizabeth is very private about her personal life it is unknown who the father of the child is and her due date is yet to be revealed she was previously married to snl alum fred armison 57 as they went in october 2009 but separated eight months later so i'm actually a big elizabeth moss fan uh for those of you that are handmade tales fans you obviously love her she's an amazing actress she's so talented um her on mad men she was amazing uh so definitely a fan of hers and I think the most compelling thing about her sometimes is just how are you the lead on The Handmaid's Tale and a part of Scientology? It's such a fascinating juxtaposition because in so many ways, I imagine The Handmaid's Tale. Sorry, I got an itch. I'm not picking my nails, I promise. The fascinating thing about The Handmaid's Tale is like it really is. I mean, for those of you that haven't watched, spoiler alert, but it's basically a religious regime takes over the United States and makes all fertile women handmaids that have to give birth to children for the military's elite. And so they have to live with these families and they're kind of like, they're concubines basically. And so they have to give birth because there's like a birth issue, crisis, fertility issues. And so there is this heavy religious kind of cult, you know, they all say on the show, if you haven't watched it, under his eye, blessed be the fruit, their greetings, may the Lord open. These are all their greetings that they say to one another. So it's very religious in it's a very religiously heavy context that these episodes have. And so it's really fascinating that somebody who's a part of something that's a cult 100% isn't seeing those similarities and maybe she is I don't know she doesn't really talk about it and which is a fascinating thing like anything that's in your life that you really care about you would think that you'd be able to talk about it I don't know you know like is that not like a red flag to you that you can't talk about your religion I don't know you have to know it's a cult like how do you not it's fascinating anyways, but it's, uh, that's always just been such a fascinating topic to me about her with just being a part of being a part of Scientology and then being a part of the Handmaid's Tale and seeing that that show is portraying these people as oppressors and how are you not seeing your own religion as that same oppressive kind of institution. It's kind of fascinating. And also that she like doesn't talk about who the dad is. It's weird. I think the weird thing about it isn't necessarily the privacy. Be private if you want to be private. Who cares? But it's like you're going on a talk show and talking about you being pregnant, but you like won't talk about who the dad is. That's so weird. So we'll see. She seems like such a nice person. I just, and not that you can't be nice and be in a cult. Obviously you can, but 
It's just, how do they get people? How do they suck people in? That's really the fascinating thing. I wonder if her back, I don't know much about her background with it. If it's like a family thing, maybe she was raised in it, but crazy, crazy cult lady. I'm just a crazy cult lady, you know? Honestly, starting a cult would kind of be fun. Not like, I don't want to like tell people what to do. Well, I guess that's kind of the whole part point of a cult, but no, like a commune. I think that would be fun. Just like everybody just grows veggies and lives together. Just the simple life, you know, that could be kind of fun. I think. Nah, <laughs> hard pass. Like the people that do those weird hair swoops, you know, Speaking of weird hair swoops, the we're back to hats because I just can't deal with the hair in the videos. Ah, so that's our last story, guys. Thank you so much for watching Gush, your weekly podcast where we dive deep into the top 10 stories of the week. Again, I am your host, Tanner, and we will see you guys next week for another awesome episode. We'll have Super Bowl coverage. We'll have Grammy coverage. We'll have it all. So come back next week so you guys can hear me sound like a complete idiot talking about sports. And yeah, for those of you that are watching, you'll see my Kansas City Chiefs merch. And I know that I'm a fake fan. I'm here for Taylor. And everyone knows it. So I will see you guys next week. Bye. Oh, another podcast down, 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 down. I can't believe it. If you live in Austin and you want to be a co-host, let me know. I'm always looking for interesting, fun, positive people to have on the podcast. You got to have good energy. You got to be funny. You got to be gorgeous, obviously. Hit me up. Find me on socials, The Gush Podcast, on Instagram, I can still make the whole place shimmer. I can still make the whole place shimmer. Okay, bye guys.